Greetings, and welcome to this edition of Faith to Live By. I'm Pam Christian, your producer, researcher, writer, and host for this podcast. You can count on me each and every week to explore current events from a biblical and prophetic worldview so we, as God's children, can know how He wants us to respond. Through the prophets recently, God has challenged us, even admonished us, not to allow what we see to cause us to doubt what we believe. Instead, we are to listen to the words of God's trusted prophets to fortify our faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And God has been exceedingly gracious lately, giving us a significant increase of prophetic words through various prophets, knowing that we are living in extraordinarily difficult times. In past months, God has told us what we will go through and that it will be biblical and even greater than the Hebrew Red Sea deliverance from the evil, oppressive, and tyrannical Egyptian government. I want you to really think about that, to meditate on it, and let God's word get deep within your heart. God has both cautioned us and encouraged us, constantly stating our victory in him is certain. You know, the deliverance of the Hebrews was a regional event when God miraculously intervened to deliver his people. What we are being allowed to experience is God's intervention on a worldwide scale. All God's people all over the world are on the verge of a move of God that will be the greatest the world has ever seen. If you haven't heard these prophecies, make a point of using the link in the show notes to hear what God has been saying. We must hang on every word from God, especially in the midst of the darkest evil the world has ever known. God provides us insight, encouragement, and instruction how he wants us to respond to these times. And he has said over and over that the victory is his. No matter what the enemy claims, remain focused on what God says. I listened to several prophets, including Robin D. Bullock, Amanda Grace, Kent Christmas, Johnny Inlow, Julie Green, Hank Kuhneman, Donna Rigney, Dutch Sheets and Tim Sheets, and others. And Steve Schultz, founder of the Elijah List and Elijah Streams, has an excellent reputation for giving platforms to various Christian prophets, and I know he makes a point of vetting them before inviting them on his program. There's also a website devoted to documenting prophecies given and tracking the fulfillment. It's called the Prophecy Index, and I provided a link for you in the show notes. And I want to remind us, scriptures teaches us when we hear a prophetic word that we must use discernment. We are to consider the prophecies that we hear and judge them for ourselves. Specifically, each and every one of us has the responsibility of testing the spirits. Especially in our days, we need to develop a heightened ability to hear God clearly and faithfully obey what he says for us to do. Remember, the Apostle Paul explained prophecy is not for unbelievers, but for those who believe. 1 Corinthians 14.22 The enemy is doing all he can to prevent us from knowing and believing God's word, even raising up people within the Christian church to discredit legitimate prophets. I found an article that I rather liked titled Four Ways to Tell a Prophet from a Political Puppet. This is written by Thomas Reese, Senior Analyst with Religion News Service. I recommend you read the article, but for this podcast, I want us to consider his four test points. He writes, and I quote, number one, follow the money. No prophet in scripture was ever rich. What did you go out to see in the desert? Jesus asks about John the Baptist in Luke's gospel. Someone dressed in fine garments? Those who dress luxuriously and live sumptuously are found in royal palaces. A true prophet does not get rich speaking for God. Number two, who are the prophet's friends? A true prophet is friends with the poor and the powerless. A false prophet keeps company with the rich and powerful. Jesus was criticized for keeping company with tax collectors and sinners. Put no trust in princes, says the psalmist in Psalm 146. Number three, for whom does the prophet speak? 
The job of a prophet is to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. False prophets tell their congregations what they want to hear. We can see some clergy fawning over political leaders as others challenge them to protect the marginalized and serve the common good. A prophet who ignores the sins of his friends is a prophet for a party, not for God. And number four, how does he speak? The words of a prophet can ring with righteous anger, but not with hate. The prophet must condemn exploitation, but have compassion for sinners. If there is no love in the prophet's voice, then he does not speak with the voice of God. A true prophet speaks only after listening and praying. Then Reese concludes his article with these words, quote, Religion can be a political prop or a prophetic voice. History should teach religious leaders not to get in bed with political leaders. Religious and political leaders can work together for the common good, but they should be enriching the community, not each other. End quote. I think these are pretty good guidelines, and there's a couple of points he makes in the article I'm not exactly sold on, but he's helping us learn to discern prophecy. So here's where I'll add some of my own ideas. I think the following questions are vital in learning to discern prophecy. Number one, is the prophecy congruent with the revealed character, will, and intentions of God? Number two, does the prophecy fully align with scripture? Number three, does the prophecy bear witness with your spirit? Number four, does the prophecy draw you closer to God and his people? And number five, if the prophecy includes a judgment, does it also provide a way of escape? God never provides a prophetic judgment that he doesn't also provide instruction how the people can repent and avoid or lessen his pronounced judgment. When you hear a prophecy, it's your responsibility to seek the counsel of the Holy Spirit to bear witness to it, being from God or not, and to help you interpret the word. God often speaks in mysteries requiring us to go to the Holy Spirit to seek interpretation from him. Peter wrote instructing people about legitimate prophecy saying, quote, Knowing this, first of all, no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. 2 Peter 1 verses 20 to 21. Legitimate prophecy will ever and only be inspired by the Holy Spirit, so it behooves us to seek His guidance and counsel as we seek to interpret the prophetic word. My focus here is on prophetic words that God's provided specific to governments and politics, but we need to also know how to judge personal prophecies or prophecies for the church. For that, I recommend Derek Prince's article, so I've provided a link for you in the show notes. Just as we must judge prophecy to know if it's legitimate or not, we must also judge everything we hear to know if it's truthful or not. With these podcasts, I go to great lengths to provide you with source information so you can look up what I share and decide for yourself if it's true. So does my guest, Derek Johnson. Today, I bring you part two of my interview with Derek Johnson. And if you missed part one, I highly recommend you go back and listen to it. Derek is a United States Army veteran with a bachelor's degree from the University of Alabama and a master's in business from Colorado State University, where he finished with national academic and military honors for a 3.8 GPA. Through his own in-depth research, Derek puts a keen focus on the blueprint that outlines the covert sting operation that's been taking place visually since October 2016 for the common, everyday, hardworking American via military law, military regulations, military orders, military symbols, code, language, and optics, and the United States Constitution and the United States Codes. Listen to Derek's explanation of current events and many prior events that have led us to where we are today. Here's my interview with Derek. All right, in 
1871, Ulysses S. Grant, president, signed an Organic Act of 1871, which put us back under the crown, put us back under the very country that we fought for our independence from. We signed over to Britain because he was bankrupt. The U.S. was bankrupt. So borrowed money. Well, it probably started off at the time where, okay, well, maybe it wasn't as bad, but it, it gradually got worse and worse and worse. So when you go read the Organic Act of 1871, it parallels with something called Stoutenberg versus Hennick, which is a law, a court case, Stoutenberg versus Hennick, and then 28 U.S. Code 3002, which is the definition portion of the United States. Okay, we left the United States of America and we became the federal corporation of the United States under the District of Columbia. The District of Columbia, as defined in Stoutenberg versus Hennick and the Organic Act of 1871, the District of Columbia has its own foreign territory. It has its own constitution, has its own laws, codes, also seal and motto. So I did this last night on the show. So watch my hands. So you have the military side. All right. This is going to be the law of war manual and the Constitution of America, the United States of America. Then with this one, you have the federal corporation, the District of Columbia and the career politicians. So I'm going to show you how these guys here tricked America and they tricked you to believe in that the District of Columbia Constitution is the American Constitution. They quote it all the time. OK, so for the sake of my audience, because this is audio only. When you were describing the two sides, you were using your right hand to describe the legitimate government, and you were using your left hand to describe the governments that have been trying to trick us. That's correct. So I think this is interesting that you happen to use your left hand as the hand that's tricking the right hand. Please continue. You didn't plan that at all, but it's awesome. Uh, so, you know, and, and I don't laugh. You know, this is a, like a sensitive subject because I realize so many people are suffering out there with the inflation, the taxes. But I'm going to show you how none of that matters because we're going to a new system. All right. So all that's just to, to wake people up, to understand you have to, you have to have what? Responsibility. Everybody has a responsibility as an American to play in this, no matter if it's a town level, community level, neighborhood level, city level, state level, uh, country level or, or global level. It just depends on how God calls you where you are to be a pillar. Um, but basically that that government. You can go to dccouncil.gov.gov now. Now you can't get on GoDaddy or any of these uh, these websites uh, sites. You can't get on there and get a .gov site. You got to be part of the government. So I always tell people, who's the internet? Where's the internet? Who who works the internet? Who who controls the internet? All right. So the the .gov sites. That's dccouncil.gov. And it shows you how the District of Columbia has its own laws and codes. Those are the laws and codes that the career politicians have been putting on the people. So when they get up there and quote the Constitution, they butcher the you know what out of our founding fathers' quotes. Multiple times, Adam Schiff, uh, two or three years ago, butchered, butchered up in historians saying, no, that's not what our founding father meant. He actually meant the polar opposite. These guys get up there and butcher. They use the word constitution. No different than if I said, Pamela, I love you. And you go like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We just met today. No, I love you, though. I really <laughs> love you. And you're like, whoa, hold on, cowboy. You know, so, you know, love has been misused, overused and butchered and twisted because it's one word. The constitution 
is the same thing that's happened in this nation. What constitution? Our United States of America constitution from our foundation or the District of Columbia constitution, which has its own for it's its own foreign territory. If you pull up your GPS right now, if you get your little map out that you use to go around like on your phone and you pull up the GPS map on an iPhone and you pull it up, you can see the little gray line that a little box. It looks like a, it's a box. that's kind of sitting on the point uh, and it's it's not a box uh, sitting on its flat, but it's on its point. It's a it's a four sided box and it's it tells you Maryland and West Virginia. It shows you the states and it says District of Columbia. So it's its own foreign territory. The military recognizes it as its own foreign territory. It's in the Organic Act and the Stoutenberg versus Hennett. And then when you go to 28 United States Code, 3002 definition, United States Federal Corporation. Okay, so what is happening right now? Donald John Trump was a military plug. He was not a president by what you think of as president. Now, they presented him that way because they had to, because that's what runs our nation is a president. That's who is the, the head of our nation is the president. But they plugged him, meaning this. It's real easy when it clicks with people. I've had so many emails that it's starting to click with people when they realize this. In 2018, two months before the midterm of 2018, and two years and two months before the presidential election, how did Donald John Trump know to write an executive order September the 12th, 2018? How did he know to put a national emergency inside that order simultaneously with an election fraud committee? And it says specifically at 45 days after a United States election. It don't say this one or the next one. It says 45 days after a United States election. That's section two, I believe. And then in section eight, it says definition. United States election means any election after the date of this order. All right. That's also the same quote unquote order that I call quote unquote, ladies and gentlemen, when I say Biden, because Biden is not real. He is an actor. I'll prove that. But quote unquote, Biden has extended the order two years in a row. It had a deadline in it, September 2021. And it also had another deadline after he extended it the first time on September 2022, just this past September. Why would Biden extend an executive order that has a national emergency in there and an election fraud committee in there that was long before the American people knew anything about COVID and long before the American people knew anything about election fraud. How did Donald John Trump know to do such a thing in 2018? So you then you define what a national emergency is. A national emergency is when a president declares a national emergency, Congress must address that, meaning they must go into a special chamber. They must go into a special session, as they call it and address that meaning talk about it what can we do what it, what's the threat identify the threat it means there's a threat to our national security all right so even if they hate the president it don't matter that's their role and their duty and when he declares it they should go in there it, anything they should go if they hate him if anything they should go in there to prove there's not a threat they did not do such a thing all right he then issued or declared rather two more verbal 
verbal national emergencies in March 2020. So there's three national emergencies that President Trump declared that Congress did not address. They did not address it. Therefore, when you look at 50 United States Code Chapter 34, then you look at the National Emergencies Act, which is parallel with Jimmy Carter's executive order, 12148, and then the Stafford Act, the president, as outlined in Article 2 with FDR, so Franklin D. Roosevelt, he had a speech to Congress when World War II was going on. He said, it is my right. It's my duty, it's my obligation as president to defend the Constitution, the, my country, and my people's security. If you do not, I'm going to act anyways. The president has war powers that, that he can take because Article 2 says the president is the commander-in-chief of the military. So that right there shows you commander-in-chief is a total separate law, total separate role, total separate duty than the president. President is over federal law and you civilians. So when people, I hear it more in the South than anywhere, that's my commander in chief. No, he's not. He's not your commander in chief. He's your president. If you're a veteran like me, he, was, he is my commander in chief. He's the commander in chief over military and military only. It don't crisscross. So you have to understand that the military is separate. Once again, military law, commander in chief, and his role as commander in chief is separate. So he declared three national emergencies, which are threats to you, the people, your security. When Congress failed to do so, those became national security breaches, a breach of national security. So he had to take war powers and emergency powers, wartime powers, emergency powers as president. You visually as president, me behind the scenes, commander in chief, he had to take powers and to do what he did with executive order 13912 which was on the day of his third national emergency the day he verbalized a national emergency march the third one the third and final one he wrote executive order 13912 which is also found in 10 united states code chapter 1209 which parallels each other and he what he called into service one million reserve components of the military the national guard he called them into active duty. The only person who can federalize the National Guard to active duty is the President of the United States. 10 United States Code 12406 outlines that. The only person, the only president who has federalized National Guard to active duty is President Donald John Trump. Biden has not done such a thing. And every single day since that order, and every single day since people visually saw what they thought was an inauguration on January 20th, 2021. Every single day since those dates, the National Guard have been out of their state militia status and federal status out of their states and out of this country. The only person who's done so is President Donald John Trump. And according to Title 50 or 50 U.S. Code Chapter 34, the only person who can terminate a national emergency is the president. When I say terminate, that means he will terminate it on paper. He will come out and address the nation the same as FDR did, my fellow Americans, blah, 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 whatever, whatever they present. That's how it has to be presented because we're still in that war zone right now. 
The National Guard are out of garrison. They're all out of garrison. They're all in a war zone. They're all in a wartime uh, situation, a wartime. That's why President Trump is called a wartime president. And a lot of his speeches and a lot of his language and a lot of his code language all reflected Pearl Harbor, FDR, things of that nature. So the Commonwealth Act, I brought that up a while ago. I'll address that really quick. Commonwealth Act number 671. Once again, United States in the Philippines, World War II, they put a president as the face of the Philippines in what they call basically a continuation of government. And they had the real president in what they call exile. The real president was in exile with full control of his military. They brought him to the United States a couple of times where he could be safe at that time period. So it's called a Commonwealth Act number 671, where they put a puppet up for the world to see. And then the real president was in exile in full control of his military and in full control of the security of his people. So it's in our law books. You can actually look that up. That's what they're doing with Biden. Biden is a continuation of government. Biden is who the Democrats wanted anyways. He's already evil. His, his years as senator, his years as vice president, all those things. It wasn't like they pitched somebody for 2016 only. Uh, no, this was this was President Trump. What what the military did. Here's your you can't see my arms, as we said, but here's what the military did. The military took an outsider. When President Trump said on the campaign trail, he said some optics for guys that know what optics are. He told Jeb Bush one night on the campaign trail when Jeb Bush asked, who's going to vote for you? Who's going to support you and who's going to back you? Well, President Trump said, well, that's a loaded question. That's actually more than one question. Um, those are three different questions. And if the moderator give me time to answer it, I will. Who's going to vote for me? The American people are going to vote for me because they're tired of bull crap politicians like you. Every single one of you on this stage have had, has held office no less than four years. You get up here and you tell the American people what they want to hear and you never back it up. Your career politicians. I'm a businessman. That term right there, I'm a businessman, was, was my left hand. All right, hold that thought with my left hand. Then he told him, who's going to back me? Who's going to support me? I have over 200 generals backing me right now and more to come. That's my right hand, ladies and gentlemen. That term right there was what they called a conspiracy theory for about 60 years. 200 generals said never again will we let happen in this country what happened under JFK, that if we have the chance to take this country over, we will do so and restore it to its constitutional republic when we get a chance to do so, when the timing is right. Well, that's the right hand, ladies and gentlemen. He also said on the right hand, never again will we voice to the American public what's going on with our military, because when we tell you the people what's going on, Guess who else finds out? If you want to know what's going on, you can join. It's plain and simple. That's also defined in the Law of War Manual. Okay, so there's your right hand. So let's go back to the left hand. So Jeb Bush and his little who's going to vote for you. I'm a businessman. So what the military did, they, they jammed the system in 2016. Lou Dobbs has a piece that you can look up from 2006, an article, a long article, and it's, it's beautiful. Lou Dobbs, who was with CNN at the time, wrote this long article how electronic voting would have future implications on our elections. Then he was fired from CNN in 2000, 
not eight and nine. He was they were he was saying a lot of stuff in 2008 that led to his firing. And I mean, it was a lot of stuff to do with America and why our foundation looked like, how it's deviated and how it's, it's, it's destroying America. OK, so that was way long before Orange Man Bad and old Peach Man and everybody who hated Donald Trump long before that. So you have to understand this was long before these systems were implemented. They were put into place because they found a way to what the American people always say, what? Oh, that's Congress's job. It'll just work itself out. Oh, that's above my pay grade. You hear all those things. Well, no wonder you got a, a bag pulled over your head because you didn't know what was going on. You didn't know that. And you wouldn't have known that if you didn't know it. So you, you have to pay attention to this stuff. You have a responsibility as an American. I'm a businessman. What the military did was they jammed the system in 2016. Everybody got on their, their Facebooks November 11th. I got texts from a lot of people. I got messages from a lot of people. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for what you did for our country. But when we try to tell you how the service works, oh, I'm the crazy one. And I'm this and I'm that. Well, when I, I got a buddy in New York came up to me, I met him on a tour I was on. He was in intelligence in the military, no, nonetheless. Mine wasn't, my MOS wasn't intelligence, even though I know all about intel. But this guy worked in intel and his own best friends and family thinks he's crazy. This guy, what did he sign up for? Why did he serve in intel for our military? He signed a dotted line, could have come home in a box with a flag over it. For what reason? For his family and friends not to listen to what he did in service? He actually worked in intel. He actually knows what's going on like I do. So there's that. So you got to take all that into consideration that when the military jammed these systems in 2016, they already knew they were cheating. President Trump said that as well. He said, I don't agree with a word Bernie Sanders says. I don't agree with a word that Elizabeth Warren says, but their own people are screwing them over. So that was an optic drop while he was president, while he was running for president, that Bernie and Elizabeth's own people are screwing them over. So that was a, a shot at the Dominion systems right there. No one knew about voter fraud, though, at the time period. So you have to go back and realize he said that way back here. So the military jammed the system. That way, Hillary couldn't point a finger and say Donald Trump cheated. They had to do what? Russia cheated. Russia helped this. Well, that was to show you that this is a military, what they call a military occupancy, which I'm getting to the meat of really quick, is this. I stayed up that night. Derek Johnson, if I can brag on anything, I'll brag about this. Me, myself, and I stayed up all night. Didn't sleep a wink November the 8th when President Trump won the election. All night I stayed up. 4.56 a.m. Central Standard Time, I took a picture on Fox News, President Trump and Putin side by side. And the caption said, ready to work with Trump for the reset. And reset had single quotes around the word reset. Hmm. Well, it couldn't have been Russia collusion because they've already proved that. There was a fake dossier that President Trump talked about again Tuesday night. That was an optic com. He talked about that. They've already proven it was a fake dossier. They've already proven that Russia didn't do anything. So that's already proven, okay, because the military systems proved it not some courts and not some biased judges. The military proved that. That was the military showing you that. The military jammed the systems, the 2016. That way they got President Trump in because he's a military plug. 
He is the face of a military occupancy as defined in the Law of War Manual, which was written, our, our recent Law of War Manual was written in 2015. So it's very recent. Okay. It was edited in 2016, updated. So that's how recent it is. That was long before whom? Donald John Trump. So get that in your head, ladies and gentlemen. Donald John Trump had nothing to do with the Law of War Manual as far as writing it and publishing it. It is a lot of leaders who did so from our Department of Defense. So you, you take that in consideration. Then he said, I'm a businessman. So what the military did was took President Trump as a businessman, as an outsider, not a politician. He was the face. People loved him when he was on The Apprentice. People loved him in Home Alone. People loved, it, loved him long before he was president. So the military took him and they plugged him. And then he did what? He schooled. He schooled. The federal corporation, he used all the federal corporation's laws, codes, statutes against them. He reversed all those on them. So what they meant for, if you, the common person, goes and reads most of these laws and codes, if you just read the surface, you think, well, that's not a bad code. That's not a bad law. But it's what they were doing behind the codes, behind the Constitution of the District of Columbia, and what they were doing with these dominion systems. We'll pick up from here next week, but what do you think of all that Derek has said? You know, at the same time I began learning about Derek, I also learned of a man who goes by the name S.G. Anon. His interpretations are equally compelling and highly consistent with what Derek has learned. I have a link to S.G.'s explanations of the 2022 midterms that is very hopeful, and you'll find it in the show notes. There is so much going on in our world, and I do my best to keep up with it so I can help you know what is true and what is not. And I can't cover everything here with this weekly podcast. So again, I encourage you to follow me on social media. I post much more there, and I also find ways that you can get involved to help restore our nation and culture. I also urge every Christian leader to rise up at this time and speak from the pulpit about the issues that are contrary to God's word, as if your life depends on it. Because given the prophecies God has given concerning judgment of the church leadership, your life and or your livelihood does depend on it. Next week, I'll share part three of this three-part interview with Derek Johnson. You won't want to miss it. And I also recommend you re-listen to each of the three segments with Derek. Every time I do, I hear something that I didn't catch the first time. And I also hope you'll tell others about my interviews with Derek so they can be encouraged too. Telling others about my podcast is a show of support that I greatly appreciate, and you can also be supportive by purchasing goods and services from me or my affiliates. I ask you to use my affiliate page to listen to the interviews I've conducted in my vetting process of those I want to bring on as affiliates. Of course, you need to do your own due diligence to make your own decisions what to purchase. But to help you, I am researching companies and interviewing their representatives and providing you with a journal of my own personal experience using their products and services. There's a link to the interviews in the show notes. When it comes to your health, I want you to know about Infinity, a company dedicated to helping us detoxify our bodies and get to an optimum and healthy weight. I've been using their products and I especially like their detoxifying products and I really love their Java Boost drink. I've also been proudly promoting Dr. Zelenko's Z-Stack supplements. They contain zinc, quercetin, and vitamin C and D formulated in just the right amount to help you boost your immune system. I've been taking that supplement and I have been around a lot of people who have been sick and I have not gotten sick. So use the promo code FTLB for Faith to Live By to receive a 5% coupon discount. 
If you choose to subscribe, you can actually receive a 10% discount. And don't forget about Operation Tomahawk. It's an excellent program that I'm using, and I encourage all of my listeners to get involved as well. Get your household and health care products from an American-owned and operated company that are not made with genetically modified ingredients or with toxins, like the vast majority of our consumer goods brands are in this country. And when it comes to diversifying your income, I want you to meet Dr. Kirk Elliott. He's a private advisor helping people protect their assets, especially in these days when the stock market and the valuation of the dollar is of real concern. Kirk offers free consultations to learn about your personal considerations and help you decide what might be a good strategy for you and your financial goals. Call Kirk at 1-720-605-3900 or contact him and his team online using the link in my show notes. And when you contact Kirk, make sure you let him know you learned about him and his services from me, Pam Christian, with my podcast called Faith to Live By. And don't forget about my own award-winning books available from my website. The series is also called Faith to Live By. Each of these books would make excellent Christmas gifts, and I can't think of a better gift to give than the gift of truth. Visit my website and browse around. You'll find that each of the five books in the series have excellent reviews and are endorsed by many people whose names you'd recognize. And when you purchase from my web store, be sure to use the promo code TRUTH, T-R-U-T-H. Use it at checkout and get a 20% discount. And when you order my own books, products, or services, or products from any of my affiliates, you get something you want, and at the same time, you support me. It's truly a benefit for all of us. So shop for yourself, or shop to get gifts for friends and family. Your support is greatly appreciated. And for those of you who haven't already, I ask you to please subscribe to my complimentary bi-monthly e-newsletter. As a new subscriber, you can choose one of three gifts that I offer in appreciation for your subscription. Depending upon where you listen to my podcast, if you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever these features are available. Your review helps the show reach more people. It helps spread the gospel and helps people learn how to better apply their Christian faith. I hope you'll join me next week and tell your friends and family to listen right here on Faith to Live By, where we learn how to gain spiritual victory over life's issues. Until next week, I'm Pam Christian, asking you to remember Christ died for us. The least we can do is live for Him.